Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Dacker. It is time now for Why It Matters. And we're talking about the recent lending rate hikes coupled with inflation across the globe that have spooked investors and banks into spending more cautiously. Well, there's a recent report from HSBC and KPMG that has indicated that venture investments in Asia this year are unlikely to surpass the 193.7 billion US dollars record high in 2021. So that signals a slowing rate of investments. And after riding a high of low interest rates and market liquidity for the past decade, startups now find themselves in a different environment where securing equity investment is likely to become more challenging. Now, this is going to impede businesses who are looking to leverage on the post-pandemic economic recovery to scale. In comes venture fund or venture debt, I beg your pardon. In comes venture debt. But how is it different from your typical equity financing? And how does work and its importance for startups in the region moving forward. Let's try and get some answers from Paul Ong, who is partner at InnoVent Capital Southeast Asia. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Elliot. Thank you for uh, having me on this morning. It's an interesting term that we're looking at this morning, and you guys are one of Asia's leading venture debt and lending platforms, providing debt capital to high-growth innovative ventures, primarily backed by venture capital firms. Could you tell us a little bit more about InnoVent Capital? and your role within the company. Yeah, absolutely. So Innovent Capital is a joint venture between the Seviora Group, uh, which is an asset management arm of Tomasic, as well as UB Bank. Uh, and we are Asia's uh, leading venture debt provider to, you know, as you mentioned, startups and, and growth stage companies in the region. Um, we lend money to startups. And as a group, we have uh, deployed over a billion dollars of capital to more than 300 companies across Southeast Asia, China, and uh, India. And uh, over 40 of those companies have gone on to, uh, you know, achieve unicorn status, which has crossed the $1 billion uh, valuation threshold. So we're always on the lookout for uh, great companies to, to work with and to support. Um, we're sector agnostic, but focus on companies who are looking to grow fast and have uh, raised some money from venture capital or institutional investors, uh, usually Series A and beyond. And I, uh, along with a co-partner, we manage the uh, Southeast Asian uh, operations for uh, Innovate Capital. Mm. Now, Paul, I'm going into this one blind because this is a new word for me, venture debt. Could you give us an overview to it? How long has it been around? What is the typical interest rate and mechanics of it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's been around uh, actually since the 1980s, um, you know, out in, in, in the valley. Um, but in Southeast Asia, it's, it's uh, you know, we really sort of only introduced it in, in 2016. Um, in short, venture debt is an opportunity for startups and tech companies to borrow money. Uh, it's a type of loan financing that's provided to venture capital-backed companies, and it's predicated on you, both the amount of equity capital that a company has raised, as well as the quality of uh, a company's investors. So usually when we talk about startups and tech companies, these companies are focused on high growth, uh, and hence sacrifice profits to be able to achieve that growth. Now, if your company sacrifices profits and is burning money for growth, um, your company will not uh, past the credit assessment of a bank, uh, and therefore you can't obtain a loan from a bank. 
Now, banks just don't lend to startups uh, in general because they are focused on the past and the present of the company and, and not really the future. So these types of companies typically have no other choice but to rely on equity uh, financing to grow. And uh, growing a business solely on equity is expensive, uh, as founders would have to consistently uh, dilute their own shareholding in order to gain access to growth capital. And over time, as the company raises more and more equity, founders own less and less of uh, their own company. So we've seen some situations where founders own less than 10% of their own company. Uh, Granted, those companies may be worth a lot of money. Uh, but in that case, wouldn't you as the founder have wished that you, you know, you own more? Mm. Uh, so venture debt is really a sort of good option for these companies to obtain uh, that additional capital to help them grow. Uh, and it comes at a cheaper cost than equity financing. The interest rates typically are around uh, 10% uh, uh, per annum. Uh, and it's a lot less dilutive to the founder than if they were to uh, raise equity. Mm. So founders just end up owning a bit more of their company than they otherwise would have if they relied solely on equity funding. Uh, fund funding. This kind of describes a Spanish football club, Barcelona, that's going through a similar situation <laughs> where, for lack of a better choice of words, the owners are selling their soul in order to buy players. So in that sense, this prevents you from selling more than you need to. What kind of parameters do I look at if you know I want to invest? Or what kind of parameters does venture debt look at before investing? Absolutely. So a little bit different from venture capital, yet very yeah similar at the same time. Okay. We do look at similar you know, metrics as venture capital does. So we do look at the total addressable market. We do look at the quality of the team and the potential for a company to uh, achieve a market leadership position in any sort of given vertical. But at the same point in time, we're also a little bit like uh, uh, you know, a, a bank from the standpoint of you know, we do look at financials. We do look that, uh, to, to make sure that uh, the cash runway in, in the company is comfortable before we uh, provide that capital to, uh, to to any companies. And, you know, with regard to this, where do you see it in terms of it being significant, maybe overtaking in terms of an alternative to venture capital? I mean, it isn't as prominent, but that surely is on the rise. Yeah, so we don't really see it as alternative. Oh, okay. I think we see it more as, as synergistic. Um, you know, ultimately... Uh, you know, venture debt is a function and a subset of uh, the amount of venture capital that a company has has raised. And we do that in order to prevent a company from over leveraging uh, themselves with debt too early. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we do think that that uh, uh, ultimately it, it, it is a mainstay or should be a mainstay uh, and a staple financing tool for a lot of startups here. Um, you know, the penetration rate in, in the region can be considered low uh, because it's a fairly new uh, product to a fairly new uh, ecosystem. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier in Southeast Asia, venture mm-hmm. debt was only introduced to the market six years ago uh, when we pioneered it. Uh, and when I look back to 2016, when we started uh, Innovant Capital in Southeast Asia, the startup ecosystem was very young uh, and access to venture capital was considered to be fairly scarce. So, you know, we've grown uh, the venture debt uh, market from ground zero to what it is today, which is, you know, a couple of percentage points 
uh, of penetration as compared to, uh, I mean uh, as compared to the amount of venture capital money that that's available um, but uh, yeah we we uh, you know we although we've seen the tech uh, or, or tech as an industry in Southeast Asia take off in the last few years uh, we believe that there's just still a long way to go. Mm. I mean, I know you guys kind of pioneering this in this area of the world, but I can't help but ask, you know, are there any disadvantages when it comes to venture debt? Or, or rather, maybe I should rephrase it as, if I'm thinking of, of using this, what are some blind spots that I need to take note of before going into it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the blind spots really uh, revolve around the amount of uh, debt to take as well as the way it's structured. Now, I think um, at the end of the day, any good lender, uh, venture or traditional, uh, really wants to put you know, a, 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 a loan structure in front of a company that is achievable for the company to uh, you know, uh, succeed in order to, for, for the company to repay. Um, a lot of times, I think companies uh, you know, fall into the trap of uh, you know, being greedy and wanting to raise too much debt. Uh, without realizing that ultimately that could harm the company in the long run mm. by putting too much sort of repayment pressure on it. Mm, okay. I'm on the line this morning with Paul Ong, who's a partner at InnoVent Capital Southeast Asia. We are talking about venture debt. For startups, though, Paul, I mean, how will venture debt differ from equity financing? What are some of the benefits? Yeah, absolutely. I think most of the benefit really sort of revolves around uh, the fact that um, you know, borrowing money uh, via venture debt um, is just a lot cheaper than than uh, equity capital, so or, or raising equity uh, capital. So, uh, you know, when when a company raises uh, via equity, uh, typically the founder and the shareholders have to essentially uh, exchange uh, shares, uh, pro- or provide shares to the, the the new shareholder in exchange for uh, for for cash. Um, what what happens, uh, you know, over time is that the founders and the existing shareholders just end up owning less and less of the company. Um, whereas for for debt, it's uh, you know it's a loan instrument. Therefore, we provide the capital um, upfront, and that gets repaid uh, over the the life of the loan, uh, which affects the shareholding of the founder and the existing shareholders a lot less than than otherwise. Mm, sounds like the macroeconomic environment is suitable for this with, you know, the rising interest rates that we're looking at these days. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think given the rising interest rate uh, environment, I think, you know, we've all seen the sell down of, of global tech in the public markets and, you know, valuations have come off. And really this in turn has made tech investors in the private markets more cautious about the valuations that they are investing in. Um, and this has also now made it difficult for the companies, uh, you know, the, the, the tech startups to obtain uh, the kind of valuation multiples that they had obtained last year. So the pace of investments uh, has been slowing down largely due to investors being cautious of overpaying, uh, as well as a mismatch of uh, pricing and, and valuation expectations. Mm. So a lot of companies would rather not go out to market right now for an equity fundraise exercise because founders and existing shareholders know that whatever valuation is put on the table in front of them is probably not satisfactory. Mm. Yet uh, many companies still need to uh, raise money uh, for runway extension and some market leaders may want to build 
uh, a war chest of capital to capture any business opportunities that may arise in the current climate. Okay. Uh, but it's all a question of price. So ultimately, that affects a founder's shareholding dilution, as I mentioned earlier. So a lot of companies uh, are turning to convertible note structures and debt structures, which essentially allow them more flexibility with regards to valuation. Right. And here at Inven, we've observed that uh, more companies have been interested to obtain debt recently. Once again, as it's uh, less dilutive and that we and you know we don't set a price. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to be sensitive to any company names here, but any chance you've got an example of a scenario where a company that you've worked with has used venture debt to tap on opportunities to scale? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, once again, I'll, I'll leave names out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the companies that, that Innovan has worked with has really used uh, debt financing for a wide range of purposes, okay. um, you know, from extending cash runway to, you know, financing inventory and capex. However, I think there's one of the more uh, popular use cases that we've been seeing a lot recently, and that is uh, to solve for working capital. So there are many business models out there that have working capital gaps that continue to grow uh, larger as the company scales. Okay. Um, and once again, using that that uh, really expensive equity money that a company has raised to plug a working capital gap, it's 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 just too costly a solution. So that's where we come in. We've we've helped a lot of companies solve their working capital issues so that they can focus on uh, using the money that they've raised from equity to grow the business uh-huh. and and focus the debt capital to you know to solve the working capital. Mm-hmm. And are there plans to or what are the plans to continue to give startups that sort of support moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh you know our our, our mission is, is really to continue to uh, educate the market and 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 grow uh, venture debt as an asset class and as a product. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're 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 still in early days. We're, we you know we hope to be here for for a long time to come. All right, I've been speaking with Paul Ong, who's a partner at Innovent Capital Southeast Asia. Paul, appreciate your time this morning. Take care, have a great day. Yeah, thank you, Elliot. You too. Cheers. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.